the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dennis Prager. You know, I didn't use the word the first hour, but there is a word now in common usage. Is it called the nothing burger? That's what yesterday was. That's a, I think, a big nothing burger. But it's important that it was a nothing burger. It's a nothing burger with something. The man I most want to talk to about this is on the line. In fact, we're trying to get him an apartment in Southern California so that he just does it face-to-face with me. I have him on that often. Uh, Andy McCarthy, what do you think about an apartment in Southern California? Um, as long as it's not on one of your uh, earthquake fault lines, Dennis, I guess, I'm, uh, I, I guess I'd be fine with that. I'd be one of the few people relocating to California instead of out of California. So that be, That's true. You would, it would be very rare. By the way, there is a discount. The movers have discounts in that direction. It's, it right. costs more to move out of California than to move in because nobody's moving in. By the way, you know, this fault line thing, Andy McCarthy, you have finally disappointed me. I can't believe that you fear living on a fault line here. You who live in Manhattan or work in Manhattan with all people who, who wish you ill are worried about earthquake fault lines? No, nah, not re- I look, Dennis. You're you're entirely right about that. The way things are these days, we're like um, we're walking fault lines. Right. And in all seriousness, um, one of the big things that we are arguing about here in uh, New York the last few days is you know this terrible uh, viral photos and videos that have gone up of the pouring the water on the, the police officers here. I grew up in the Bronx in the '60s and '70s. And people don't have an institutional memory of, like, the days before Rudy was mayor around here and how quickly it can go from uh, law and order, which we've enjoyed in the kind of revolutionary way for the last generation, to back to the bad old days. But we're heading there. You know, obviously I want to talk to you about yesterday, but I would like you, please, I did not discuss this yet, uh, because of the hearing, uh, and I had to speak about it before, and none of the matters that I've discussed this week. Can you uh, give a just a brief synopsis of the water pouring incident uh, there in New York? Yeah, the um, the police responded to an area in in uh, I think it was in Harlem, um, and they were I, there was an open water. Uh, hydrant, which is not unusual uh, in New York when we're having a heat wave. And I don't know exactly what the reason was why they responded, like what whether it was routine patrol or they were coming uh, to, to deal with some particular uh, incident. Uh, but they were accosted uh, on the street and 
they were abused and water was thrown at them. And finally, there was a guy who's been identified as a gang member who actually had a big bucket of water and poured it over the head of, of uh, one of the police. And it's just emblematic, Dennis, of what has happened here under a mayor who actually has people pining for the good old days of David Dinkins, if that's uh, if that's possible. I mean, he, we have a, a an absentee mayor who has done pretty much nothing other than uh, defang the police, and I mean that in uh, I mean that in the sense that he's he's disabled the police from doing their jobs, and he's made where we changed crime in New York, which was at record numbers in the 60s and 70s and 80s, by enforcing the law, he has made it impossible for the police to enforce laws against petty crime, even though our experience tells us that that is the, that's the, you know, the roadmap to catastrophic crime. And, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, we're still living off the, the residual good policing policies we've had over the last generation. So we're only at a two or a three, but it, people just don't realize how, how quickly it can, it can go back to chaos. Was the, uh, was the individual you just described, the gang member, arrested? He was arrested yesterday. He was not arrested on the scene. Why? But now there's enough why, video. Why, why wasn't he arrested on the scene? I believe there were only two police officers there, and there was a big... Oh, so they were afraid They were afraid of the people who were uh, assembled. Yeah, I think that what the police did under the circumstances was probably the prudent thing uh, to live to fight. How do, how, do we have a, how do we have a video? Uh, people on the street took the video. And they then supplied it, or they put it up on so social media? They put media? it up on uh, social media. Because they were proud of it? I think so, yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. When a society has police fearing the populace more than the populace fear the police, that is the beginning of the end. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and I also think that um, the, the great thing about the uh, New York City police, we always brag here are the, you know, the greatest police force in the world. Um, the great thing about the way crime came down when we had an intelligence-based um, law enforcement uh, approach, which we still have here, but it's uh, it's on the wane, um, is that the police weren't so much feared uh, as respected, and they integrated themselves uh, into the into the communities that you know it wasn't just like guys going around in patrol cars. They actually got out and hoofed it and, and got into the communities and got to know people and picked up intelligence and and all that stuff. And they managed to show that you can um, you can be the uh, the emblem of law and order uh, and at the same time not terrorize people, which is what the uh, of course the slander against them is. So it's, it's, to me, it's tragic to see it start to go back the other way because I remember how it was when I was a kid. Did the mayor say anything about the water-pouring incident? Not that I've heard, but, I, you know, he was in uh, Iowa doing very important business. What's he bowling at? He's almost up to, like, 0.7% now. Is he? Is he? Well, he may have some relatives in Iowa. <laughs> the de Blasio's of Iowa. Yeah, yeah. He'll be president someday, right? Right after Swalwell. <laughs> You're funny. 
you, you, you have to be to live where you live. Anyway, this is all a result, my dear friends, of Andy McCarthy saying, oh, I'll be happy to have an apartment in Southern California if it's not on a fault line. And then what does he describe? Mayhem in, in where he lives. <laughs> just for the record, I just want people to understand how this, how all of this happened. That's right. It's fair, yeah. it's fair enough. And, and we pe- we poked fun at California when I was a prosecutor in New York. We used to say that if you uh, if you pick up the country by the uh, by by the East Coast, that all the loose stuff rolls to the Ninth Circuit. <laughs> but um, that's changing. But, yeah, it sure is. I mean, we shouldn't look down our nose at anyone from here. Oh, God, is that ever true? All right. By the way, again, uh, I I had you on recently because you and I and some others have just simply understood that the president's comments go back where you came from. We're not racist. They were they were poorly phrased. I was I, I I would have done anything if I were in the White House to have him not send it out. But it wasn't racist. The term is used, you know, by the way, I just want you to know how how easily it is now used and worse. There is an email that has been found within Google from executive to executive describing uh, Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson, and PragerU as Nazis. Yeah. What meaning? What meaning do these words have anymore? That right. You know, I, I I was sensitive to this when I was a terrorism prosecutor. You know, when you when you deal with, um, I, I've heard military guys react this way to the common uh, expression in sports to call guys who are on sports teams warriors. You know, when you've actually been in war, uh, you have a whole different idea of it. And I dealt with actual terrorists, so to you know. To, to hear people compare trifling things to, you know, mass murder attacks, you, you start to say to yourself, as, as, you know, everybody who's looked at the history of World War II says, that, you know, if you trivialize a, an abomination like that and you lose the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the educational uh, purport of the, of the lesson of of what happened, right, right, and you don't have a we don't have a language that's that correct to even convey our uh, right. our most important thought. All right, having uh, talked about New York and America and California and police, now let's go to the hearing yesterday. Your take in a nutshell. There's no way, Dennis, that Robert Mueller ran this investigation. He clearly, I, I thought that he was staffed. Driven. I've thought that for a long time, uh, but I thought yesterday that what we really saw was it's inconceivable that he could have played much of a role in this other than figurehead. Uh, and that's important because he not only, you know, the, the comeback to everyone who has pointed out that he recruited activist Democrats to run this investigation is that there was no need to worry about that because we had Bob Mueller, the, you know, the Rockford Republican who was. Uh, running the show. He clearly was not running the show. But I, the deeper point I want to make is that under the law, you are not supposed to have a special counsel unless the Justice Department is laboring under a conflict of interest that is so profound uh, that the Justice Department can't handle a prosecution or an investigation in the normal course. And here, all these activist Democrats that he recruited 
many of them at least, were high-ranking officials of the very Obama Justice Department uh, that conducted the investigation of Trump during the campaign uh, and that were high officials in this supposedly conflicted Justice Department. So again, it underscores that this should never have happened in the first place. There should never have been a special counsel investigation. But he's the one who appointed them. Correct? Yes, I, mean, I think the, the, what the happened blame, is, blame, uh, you know, blame lies at his it, feet. Yeah, well, he, it, I'm, not, I'm not trying to absolve him. I'm just ta- talking about the day-to-day of how this operated. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, look, I, with his uh, obvious weaknesses, which were very apparent to us yesterday, but this is the first time uh, we got a load of them publicly, but how could they not have been known to Rod Rosenstein, who appointed him? Um, so I, I just think this, this is a special counsel that there was no basis for it in law. There was no basis for it in fact. And I really think that what happened here, I, I resisted this for a long time, but I can't draw any other conclusion than that they wanted Mrs. Clinton to win the election. And when she didn't win the election, uh, they decided to spend the time that they had left running the government uh, in a way that would create the impression that there was something here to investigate in the way of a nefarious conspiracy between Trump and Russia. And the goal was to have basically a monitor over Trump's administration uh, and to be able to conduct an investigation that would continue even though he was still president and in theory had the, the power to shut it down. And that's what this is all about. When you say they, who do you have in mind? I think it was it came out of the Obama administration. It was the Obama Justice Department, the Obama White House. Uh, you know, I, I, I know people's eyes glaze over when I say that um, this started out as a counterintelligence investigation. But the reason it's an important distinction is counterintelligence, Dennis, is done for the president. It's not a criminal investigation that's done to vindicate the rule of law in court. It's an intelligence mission that's done to support the president's uh, national security responsibilities as, as chief executive. So these investigations are done for the president. All this talk we always hear about, you know, you can't have political interference in investigations. That's true about criminal investigations. It's not true about counterintelligence investigations. They're done for the president. And I think this one was done by the Obama administration at a very high level. How high? The president. Counterintelligence is done for the president. The day before Comey briefed President-elect Trump on the Steele dossier and on the Russia threat, he was at a meeting in the Oval Office with the president. Susan Rice wrote a memo about what happened at the meeting. What was discussed there was what information about Russia could not be shared with Trump and his transition team. I mean, this is this isn't speculation about whether you know. I, I hear this all the time. Do you think Obama was involved? We don't have to speculate. We know Obama was involved, and it would be crazy if he weren't involved because this is counterintelligence. Will there be hearings to establish this? I, well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're, we're now looking at the, uh, the two investigations that uh, uh, target the investigators. Um, you know, Horowitz's IG report should be coming in early September. Uh, the U.S. attorney in Connecticut that, uh, uh, that 
bar appointed to look at the genesis of the investigation. That, that, as I understand it, is proceeding apace. And Senator Graham says that he is going to look into this in his, uh, in the Judiciary Committee in the Senate. So I do expect that we're going to get some accountability here. Plus, I hope the president is going to eventually uh, unseal some of these classified documents, which will give us more of a read on uh, what actually happened here. This is pure curiosity on my part. You have any notion of who you think will get the Democratic nomination? Uh, well, I think we're we're down to um, a top tier of probably four or five of them who have a chance. I, I you know, my my head is telling me Warren. Although half the time I say to myself, I can't believe that. But uh, I I just don't think it'll be Biden. I just. Um, I just don't see Biden as being the standard bearer for today's Democratic Party. And I, I frankly, this is, and I, maybe I shouldn't read Mueller on to Biden, but I, I just don't think he's up to it. Mm-hmm. And I think too many Democrats would not vote. Right. I, I happen to, my, 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 I don't ever make predictions. It's not my, my field. It's not my, my nature, but, uh, since I asked you the question, I'm, I'm with you. We, we really do uh, think similarly. I, I think Elizabeth Warren would be the favorite at this point, too. But uh, it's, it's hard to believe that if things continue as they are, that a Democrat, any Democrat, would beat Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, now, I should tell your listeners, Dennis, just to, to have whatever grain of salt this deserves, um, I am the one who said that Obama was too radical to be president, that the country would never buy it. And I, and I thought that Trump was not serious. Uh, I get, no, no, I, I hear you. I didn't say the first, but I certainly said the second. I, yep. I, I, I agree with you um, for what it's worth, but I just wanted to know who you thought. Listen, uh, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it, Andy McCarthy. Always a pleasure, Dennis. Great to talk to you. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.